You're listening to episode 38 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome, folks. Now, you were probably wondering where on earth last week's episode was. My sincerest apologies about that. I am all for consistency and I work really hard to bring you an episode each and every week. However, last week was just one of those where something needed to give or it would have been cracks that appeared in me. And unfortunately, it was the podcast. But we are back in action now for your weekly dose of life lessons. And I'm very excited because I have been busy booking in some very special guests who have incredibly inspiring stories or who are experts working in incredibly inspiring fields. So us Curiosity Clubbers have a lot of good stuff coming our way over the next few months. So stay tuned. And if you're not subscribed, be sure to hit that button now so that you do not miss out. Today, though, we are doing the long-anticipated Q&A. Thank you so much if you sent me over your questions. I'm going to do my best to answer them fully. And I know that so many of you are going to relate to these, even if you didn't ask them yourselves. So I've put as much value into the answers as I can in order to make this a little mini coaching session, albeit one-sided for now, as you're not here to answer the questions that I am putting to you. I've included some really powerful and important questions that we could all do with asking ourselves from time to time. If working with a life coach isn't an option for you currently, or maybe it's just not the right time, there is so much you can do to coach yourself. Empowering this self-coaching is why I share what I do on the Curiosity Club podcast in my newsletters and on my Instagram. I'm a big believer in the power of helping ourselves. So keep listening because I have jam-packed this episode with some golden nuggets of self-coaching takeaways for you to have. I'm going to keep all the questions anonymous. Even though I know some of you were okay with me sharing your name, I just think it's going to be easier this way. So question number one was... I've been really enjoying listening to your podcast over the last few months and I'm learning a lot about myself, but I don't fully understand what life coaching is and how it is different to therapy. Or is it the same thing? It would be useful to know because I'm thinking and wondering whether coaching is right for me. So this is a great one to start on because it's a question I get asked quite often and I know it can be really confusing with so many people out there calling themselves coaches nowadays and lots of people aren't clear on the difference between coaching and therapy and they are very different. Put simply, a life coach is a trained professional who helps individuals gain clarity on what they want, 
what their goals are, what they dream of having or doing, and then coaches them on how to get there, as well as how to overcome anything that is stopping them from doing so. So just in the same way that football teams and football players have coaches that help them achieve their goals in a particular competition for example this is the same before individuals depending on what you want to be coached on there are various types of coaches for example there's business coaches careers coaches health coaches relationship coaches and life coaches who tend to cover a variety of these topics I'm a transformational life coach and what this means is that when I work with clients, it's not just about achieving their goals. It's about transforming the way you think, the way you feel and the way you see yourself and the world. And ultimately, this transforms your whole life. During a series of sessions, either online or face-to-face if someone's in London, I guide individuals through a process that gets to the root cause of whatever is keeping them stuck, feeling stressed, anxious and insecure. Those are my speciality areas. If you were my client, then together we would uncover the beliefs that are causing you to doubt yourself, along with the underlying assumptions you hold about yourself and the world. And these are what might be feeding your fears and anxieties. And we would also look at what your beliefs are and how these can shape your daily life in order to get what you want from it. Different life coaches have slightly different styles and approaches. And like any relationship, it's really important to find the right fit for you. Most coaches do what is called a discovery call or something similar which is basically a free consultation where you can get to know each other. If you're looking for a coach, then important questions to ask are, are they certified? So coaching currently isn't regulated in the UK, so technically anyone can call themselves a coach without having actually trained as one. There's a huge amount to learn about coaching psychology and different methodologies that inform you how to help people best and the level of impact that you will ultimately have when helping someone. So be sure to ask for credentials. It's also important to work with someone that you feel understands you and gets your situation and what you're going through. That's why booking in for a discovery call with someone before working with them is really, really important. Myself, I have done various different trainings over the years, as well as a certification to become a life coach. And all of these inform my approach, which is a very holistic one. In my programs and courses, I bring elements of mindfulness, meditation, breath work and coaching psychology together because I feel very passionately that if we want to make long lasting, transformative change, then we have to look at ourselves as a whole. And that means our physical body, our emotional body and our mental body and how they all interact with one another. In a nutshell, the difference between coaching and therapy is that coaching is future-focused, whereas various types of therapies look back at your life and what has caused you to be where you are today. 
Coaching looks at where you want to go and how you can get there. It's very practical, it's very objective. And I always say to people, it's like creating a blueprint, like a map of yourself. And with a coach, with a life coach, you empower yourself to get clear on what you want. Admit how you're stopping yourself from getting there currently and how you can overcome those limits, whether it's your mindset, self-doubt, lack of confidence, anxiety, whatever's holding you back, coaching can help you overcome it and get to where you want to go. A life coach's role is to ask you the right questions to help you get there, not tell you what to do, because you do already know the answers, even if it feels like you currently have no idea what direction you want to take your life in or how to move away from where you currently are, it's a life coach's job to help you realise these things. I hope that has answered your question. It was quite a long answer because I, quite honestly, could talk about the benefits of coaching all day and I strongly believe that we could all benefit from having a coach, be that for our business, growth or career direction, relationships, health or all of the above. I still work with various coaches myself because we are all a work in progress, constantly evolving, constantly growing and in my opinion, that is the fun of life. Embrace change, don't avoid it. Moving on to question number two, I have a lot on at the moment with work and I'm often finding myself feeling so stressed that I completely freeze up and end up being really unproductive during my days, which then just makes me even more stressed. It's affecting my sleep and I'm really irritable and snappy when I feel like this, which makes me feel bad on my colleagues and my boyfriend who I tend to take it out on most. Okay, so stress. A huge issue for so many people. I did an Instagram live on stress last week, which I know some of you were watching, and it is a topic that I explore a lot because quite frankly, we are in the middle of an epidemic with more and more people being signed off work due to stress-related illnesses and people suffering burnout. The first thing I'm going to say on the matter is to cut yourself some slack and don't beat yourself up for feeling the way that you do, even if it does mean you're snapping at people. When we beat ourselves up, it just makes us feel worse and that's only going to exacerbate those feelings of stress. Us humans are mammals, and as mammals, we are part of the animal kingdom. Yet we all tend to forget this and disregard our physiological responses to the world around us. Stress is a symptom of our fight or flight response, and this is a leftover evolutionary reaction that was fundamental to our survival when we were living in caves and running away from saber toothed tigers. But it isn't a response that's redundant in our lives now, and we still need it. Despite popular belief, stress isn't all bad, as long as it's in small, short doses. It's what drives us to meet a deadline, train for a race, or study for an exam. However, when we're experiencing it long-term, which it sounds like you might be with this particular question... 
it becomes chronic stress. And this is when we need to do something about it because it can have huge negative impacts to our physical and mental health. And then that is what leads to burnout, which is a physical and emotional exhaustion. And it's a difficult thing to then overcome and then get back to a healthy state. For some people, it can take months. So it's really important to have preventative measures in place to stop stress getting to that point for you. This freezing up that you mentioned is also part of this physiological response and it's what so many clients come to me for coaching for it might show up for some people as feeling stuck being indecisive or feeling anxious and think of it like you know we describe a deer in the headlight the freeze point is when we're deciding and you see it if a deer runs across the road and freezes in the road you're deciding do i run or do i fight do i flight do i fight it's that freeze that moment in between But often in our modern human lives, that free state can feel like hours, days. It can go on even for months where we're unable to make decisions. We're unable to move forward because we're just frozen by fear in this way. It is really important to have an understanding of this process and that it is a natural occurrence for us all. Not only does an understanding of this natural inner process enable us to be more compassionate towards ourselves but it also gives us the knowledge to be able to counteract the stress response so the fight or flight response is triggered by an external threat or a perceived threat and this is the big thing to remember here if we tell ourselves something is a threat In relation to this question in particular, maybe you're telling yourself that you might get fired if you don't do your job well enough, or that you aren't good enough. Maybe a colleague sends a particular email that you interpret it as saying you aren't doing your job well, even though they haven't actually said that at all to you. The thoughts and the stories going around your head can trigger the exact same stress response in your body as it would if a tiger were to walk into your office and start rampaging around eating everybody. Highly likely in London, I know, but that's the point. It's an automatic response that doesn't know the difference between what is really happening and what are just thoughts. That's why stress is subjective and some people feel less or more stressed, if at all, in certain situations because it is our thoughts about them that make the difference. So first question to ask yourself is, what stories are you telling yourself via your thoughts that are feeding your stress and keeping you stuck? How can you shift these? Maybe to, I can get everything done in time rather than I can't. I am good enough, I am capable. For some people, being in this free state might show up as procrastinating or avoiding. But when any of us are stuck here, we can ask ourselves, what is one thing that I can do right now to move forward and get closer to whatever it is I've got to do, whatever the goal is? Just one thing, big or small. Forget about any long to-do lists because it's, Thinking of everything you've got to do and trying to multitask that is making you feel overwhelmed and stuck. Think of one thing and get it done. When you've done that one thing, you're going to feel way more empowered and then you can think of the next one thing and so on. 
It might be simply listening to an uplifting song or podcast. In particular, you might jump back to the uh, Curiosity Club episodes number six and nineteen, which I which focus on different aspects of stress and ways to overcome it, or it might be going on a walk or sending one particular email. One thing that you can do to break free from that freeze state is also good to remind yourself of what is going well. When we're stuck in a stress state, we tend to have our kind of blinkers on and focusing on what is going badly and everything left that we still have to do. Spend time reminding yourself of everything you have done and what is going well, what you have achieved over the last few months or even just few days. Lastly, and this will help with the snapping bit of snapping at people, When you feel yourself getting irritable, for you that sounds like it's a sign for when you're stressed, your stress response has been triggered. So prioritise taking time out to activate your relaxation response. This is the antidote to our stress response. And the incredible thing is you only need to take a few minutes to do this. So there's no excuse that you don't have enough time to do it. You can do this by using your breath and practicing what is called the extended exhale technique. Go to the bathroom if you're at work, or even better, get outside in nature, if you can, maybe on your lunch break, and make your out-breath longer than your in-breath. When we're in fight or flight, our breath becomes short, and it just perpetuates this state. So we need to consciously counteract that. Our breath is the most overlooked tool that we all have with us at all times of our day start using it to do the extended exhale technique just close your eyes and inhale for four exhale for eight you can do it with your eyes open or inhale for three exhale for six whichever count works best for you we've all got slightly different lung capacities but make your out breath twice as long as your in breath for at least three minutes. But the longer you do, the better the results are going to be. So I'm going to move on to the next question now. Where were we? Okay, so question was, I feel like I have no direction in my life because I don't know what I want to do and I keep getting jobs that I don't really like. I also struggle to make decisions, big ones like which career to choose and little ones like where to go for dinner with my friends. What can I do to help know what I want from life? Thank you so much for asking this question because I know that so many people are going to relate to this. Firstly, it is entirely normal and totally okay to not know what you want to do with your life. I'd go so far to say that most people don't know exactly what they want, but the difference between some people and others is that they are just doing anyway. Or they have done some self-investigation, with or without a coach, to become clear on their direction. And you, my curious beings, are all in the right place for this. The more pressure you put on yourself that you should know exactly what you want from life, the more stressed you're going to get about it. And as we've just learned, that will contribute to you freezing up and feeling stuck. Taking a step forward 
and trying something, even if you then just rule it out as something you don't want to do, is better than taking no action at all. There is no such thing as failure except for failing to do nothing at all. And that is a quote by someone whose name has passed me by, but I'm not (laughs) going to take credit for it. I shall try and remember at some point and let you all know. Firstly, and this is what I do with all my new clients, get clear on what's important to you in your life. What are your values? There's a free exercise sheet that you can download from my website that will help you with this. So go to www.catrybarrett.com forward slash resources. Your values are like intrinsic guidelines that you can live your life by. When you're not living your life by them, that is when you feel unsatisfied or unfulfilled. It might be creativity, authenticity, family, honesty. They're unique to each of us. By getting clarity on what's important to you, it narrows down your options of what you want to do. Because if a certain job or career isn't aligned with those values, it's not the right one for you. It will never truly meet your needs because you won't be able to show up authentically. So step one, get clear on what's important to you. Next, ask yourself the question, what would my life look like if I were successful? What does success mean to you and how do you want it to show up in your life? And write this down, just brainstorm as if you could wave a magic wand, what would you be doing What would you be feeling and what would you have? What does success look like for you? When you're clear on what your ideal life would look like, then ask yourself why. Why do you want to start your own business selling your artwork? Why do you want to be made partner of your firm? What will it mean to you? Will it give you freedom of time so you feel less stressed and can go to your favourite yoga class every day? And then what will that give you? What will that enable you to feel and to do? Will it give you the platform to advocate healthy living and make real changes in the institution that you work in? And why is that important to you? First, it's good to get clear on what's important and what success would look like to you, then your why. Because your why acts as your motivation, the driving force behind you that can help you make decisions. It's important to write this down because you can then come back to it whenever you're struggling. Then you can come up with your how. Working backwards, how can you achieve this? What do you need to do? It might be something that's going to take you six months or six years or you need particular work experience or qualification to do. But you're not going to get there unless you spend time becoming clear on it. So those three things are what we all want to ask ourselves when we feel stuck. What we want or what's important if what you want is too hard to answer at that time why it's important, and how you can get it. What, why, how. When you can't make a decision, remind yourself of your values to help weigh up whether it's something that you want to do. If it's not aligned with your values, then perhaps that tells you it's not the right fit for you at this time. When you're feeling overwhelmed by choice and not knowing what direction to go in, another good question to check in with yourself with is... What am I most happy about in my life right now? And will doing this course or going on this night out or allowing this person into my life support that happiness or deplete it? 
what makes me feel good, what brings me joy, what will I gain from doing this thing? Does anyone gain from it? If it doesn't fill you up, help you reach your goals, or add value to you, or at least someone else, that kind of shows you your answer and helps with the decision, right? Okay, so moving on to your last question that I'm going to share today, and it is around failure. I am always scared of failing and it stops me from doing lots of things that I want to and putting myself out there and going on dates. I have missed the chance of two promotions in the last year because I haven't even applied for them after convincing myself a particular colleague would get the position. I'm bored of not trying for the things I want, but I'm scared. How can I stop letting fear of failure get in my way? I think we can all relate to this one and therefore I am going to answer this question by speaking to you all. When was the last time you didn't do something or put your full effort into something because you convinced yourself that you wouldn't get the job, that people would think you were stupid or that your business idea would flunk, etc. It's firstly about a shift in perspective. If you can shift the way you see failure and allow your fear to drive you toward what you want instead of freezing you up, then you massively increase your chances of success. In the words of journalist and writer Elizabeth Day, by learning how to fail, we learn how to succeed better. We learn so much more from when things go wrong and educating ourselves on how not to do things than we do when everything is just plain sailing. When something scares the hell out of you, think of it as an experiment. If it goes according to plan, wonderful, brilliant. If it doesn't, you will be able to learn why and how to make improvements for next time. If you don't get the promotion, you can ask for feedback from the interviewers asking why. And when they tell you it's because, say, you didn't have enough experience in email marketing, you can then go out and seek that experience so that the next time a promotion comes up, you have increased your chances of getting it. Whereas if you never apply out of fear of failing, you will never know how to grow and improve. And also think of someone that you admire. It might be a confident friend who goes on dates regularly, a colleague maybe, or a successful career woman you follow on Instagram. Reach out to them and ask them about all the times that things didn't go according to plan. It might be that they've already shared this if they have a blog or an Instagram or something. They might have shared stories of this in the past if you go back and look. I guarantee you that there will be many awful and embarrassing dates that your friend has gone on that that as well as all the amazing ones that perhaps you've only been aware of there's been many opportunities missed there's been business ideas that fail because when we see success we're only seeing the final product not the journey that has led someone there it's a really inspiring kind of exercise to do is to discover what other people, especially people you admire, what their journeys are that we can then look up to and use that to motivate us to step out of our comfort zone in the same way that they have and realise that failing and things going wrong isn't a bad thing. 
A great exercise that I regularly share with one-to-one clients and is also part of my online course, The Change Course, is to list three of your past failures and your past successes. So going back over your whole life, what were three things you deemed as successful? Maybe when you did get a job or promotion or did well in an exam. And then list all the things that contributed to this. What was going on in your life at the time? How much sleep were you getting? What were you thinking? What was your mindset? And any particular habits and so on. Then do the same with three past occasions where things didn't go to plan. What was going on then? What contributed to the failure in inverted commas? Were you telling yourself you weren't good enough? Had you only had four hours sleep before the interview? Had you had an argument with your partner at the time? Were you in a relationship perhaps that was particularly unhealthy? You can use all that data and apply it to getting a promotion in the present or in the near future or whatever it is that you're afraid of failing at to help you know what you need to do more of and less of. So maybe less doubting yourself, more sleep. (laughs) So to all of you that are letting fear of failure stand in your way, reframe it as a research project and collect the data. Use your past successes as motivation and past failures as a guide of what to do more or less of. And remember that there is always a process to everyone's success, even the people you admire most. Thank you again for those questions. You know who you are and I'm sure you can all relate to one or even all of them in some way. I had lots of fun doing this episode, so I will certainly be doing another Q&A soon. So feel free to share anything with me in the meantime. If you have any more questions or want to share a current situation you're in, you can email me on hello at catrybarrett.com. If something in this episode particularly resonated with you, then let me know by writing a review in whichever podcast app you're listening to I read every single one and it really really helps other people find the podcast who would also benefit from hearing these things and who are other people that we would just love to have in our curiosity club until next time stay curious stay curious